0: I noticed that Randy and Anita are not here, I understand, we're in therapy, there wow, that was so much fun. Hey, let me, let me tell you some things that I have learned about kids. Um, and I'm going to talk about all these in, in, in deep detail today. Number one, kids are expensive. Here's how much a child costs in Northern Virginia. that's a real number, our four kids cost us over $2 million and what are the chances of getting that money back, (laughs) kids are all different, they're very unique and that sounds so sweet doesn't it, but it's not sweet at all, just when you learn how to deal with one of them another one comes along And, and, and what worked with number one doesn't work with number two, and then number three comes, and then it's three against two. And that's where mental health issues start to show up in uh, Kids, they are out of control. I loved it when our kids were small and you could keep them in a car seat or high chair or lock them into a crib somehow, they had to deal with it. They ate what you gave them, they wore the clothes that you put on them, and everything was perfect until their brains started to develop. <laughs> At that point, you started to lose control. Now, you can pretend you're large and in charge, but that's part of your mental health issue. <laughs> Kids are different. They, they are different and difficult. I mean, they've been terribly difficult. The beginning of parenting is called labor, and it just goes downhill from there, as if I were there. Here's something else that I discovered about kids, and it starts to get a little serious here. Um, There's a war that goes on for our children, and I've never minimized this, but I'm more acutely aware of it today than ever before in my life. As I watch families, as I watch children, as I watch uh, the development, the processes and everything that goes into the home life and, and parenting, there's a war for children. Satan wants to destroy our children. He hates your kids. And this war is not some mental game or something that uh, you know is, is made up. this is not a neutral situation. Parenting, is is in the middle of a battle for the destruction of our children, and so as I as I get into this today, I want to talk a little bit. About, actually, I want to give you something today to really think about. But I want to start with this out of Proverbs 24:3. It says, "It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong." Really, I've had people talk to me and say, "Well, why would you even have kids?" I mean. They, they, they look at all the challenges and all the, you know, everything related to it, and, and the question, why would you even do that? And so I, I wrote down three things that I want you to, you can fill in the blanks here. Um, these are why we have uh, kids, this is what we, why we put ourselves through this. Number one, children are a gift from God. We're told that in Psalm 127.3, it says, children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. And so we have to assume that, okay, this is a gift. And some days we feel like it's a gift, and then we have other days. Number two, children. Now this is this is real. Children will help you grow in responsibility and help decrease your selfishness. Children will help you grow in responsibility and decrease and help decrease your selfishness. Philippians 2, verse 3. Don't be jealous or proud, but be humble. Now this is to parents. Be humble and consider others, like your children, more important than yourselves. Care about them as much as you care about you. Incredible parental advice. Number three. Children, and, and there is nothing like this, children will teach you about love. They will teach you about love at a level that nothing else will, if you will allow it. Ephesians 5, verse 1. This is Paul talking about looking at God as a perfect parent, and this is advice for us folks. Follow God's example in everything you do just as a much-loved child imitates his father. Be full of love for others following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away your sin. I want us to replace the word others with our children. Follow God's example in everything you do just as your child imitates his father. Be full of love for your children following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away your sin. Children will teach you about love. It is a responsibility. I want. I, I, I'm going to read this because um, I wrote it and I like it. <laughs> it is the responsibility of every mom and every dad to be the leader of your legacy, the spiritual leader of your next generation. It does not matter whether you're a pastor or a plumber. Actually, plumbers make a lot more money. A seasoned follower of Jesus Christ or someone who is just now exploring Christianity. The church is not to be the number one spiritual influence in the life of your child. You are. The church is a great backup. You have been given the primary responsibility to give a spiritual heritage to your children and to their children and to their children's children. The Bible has a lot to teach us about generational responsibility. Deuteronomy teaches us that an unrighteous person, a person who does not live uh, in a way that pleases God, has a negative effect on four generations of a family. But it says that one righteous person can positively affect a thousand generations. Think about the the numbers of what Deuteronomy is trying to teach here. Think about... The challenge that it gives to us to, hey, I can choose this way or I can choose this way. In other words, the blessing that is poured out on a parent who lives for God has a measurable benefit. Let me read just three or four verses right now. And you can find this all throughout scripture. If you, if you look for scripture related to children, you, you have an entire book. This Psalm 145, 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. You must think constantly about these commandments I'm giving you today. You must teach them to your children and talk about them when you're at home or out for a walk, at bedtime, and the first thing in the morning. And I love this one out of Proverbs 13, A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. You see the multi-generational thing that God wants to teach us here? And, and, and so that kind of brings up a problem. It, it, when we look at our American culture, we've got, a, we've got a real issue in our culture today. And that is that we have nothing, and I say we, I'm talking about the culture, not the church. But basically, we have nothing to pass on to the next generation of any value. I remember when, when the world changed, when, when our nation was, was primarily, with all of its warts and all of its problems, and, and I get that, but we were primarily a, a Christian Judeo-driven nation in, in terms of how we operated. And it, the, the, the place of the church, while, while many times the gospel, I mean, the gospel is personal. It's not a, a national thing, right? But, but at least the, the, the fabric was there. And I watched in my generation as that went away. Now listen to where we are today. That whole generation, had joined their ancestors in death. This would be my parents' generation. So another generation grew up after them. They had no personal experience with the Lord. So culturally, we live in a time when, as a culture, we live without God in our culture. We live without the knowledge of Christ in Christianity. We are not a Christian nation. I think we all understand that and agree with that. It doesn't mean that that everybody is like that at all. In fact, I'm excited about where the church is, and, and not just our church, but the, the, the church of Jesus Christ at large and what God's doing. But our nation, we have some problems. And... Those problems creep into our own lives. Let me just say something right now, too. This this is off, off uh, text here. We hear a lot about the, the uh, millennial generation. We make fun of millennials. Um, as if our generation was better. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you go back to my generation, right? High school, college. We were doing phenomenally wonderful things like streaking. <laughs> uh, you know, we, the whole drug scene just blew up in my generation. Uh, you know, Woodstock, greatest music in the world, while we all got disease and everything else. I mean, we weren't that smart, okay? And we're making fun of millennials, but I—I—I I, would tell you this. Um, I see things in the millennial generation I think is amazing. They're, they're going to operate differently. They think differently. They're going to say things differently than, than maybe the rest of us. But I see a lot of heart in this generation. I see a lot of love. And here's one thing millennials aren't. Yeah, they're playing video games a oh, lot. I get that, and they don't want to get a job, and you know, <laughs> I get all that. I understand that. But they also don't buy into all the crap that we dished out over the years that didn't have any substance to it. They're pretty truthful. They're pretty. They're, they're pretty they, they they look for truth a lot more than any other generation I remember. I, I, I I'm finding out that the millennials, you know, one, one of the, my business, I have a business, and uh, part of my, in fact, a huge part of what my business does is. Insures churches all across the nation for property and and everything like that and and, uh, we have been learning as an industry that pretty important information, uh, 65% of the people who provide um, no, the the people who provide 65% of the income to churches across this country are 65 years of age and older. In other words giving has shifted. It's changing. And why that's important to companies like mine is that, okay, so who's going to be paying for all these properties and insurance and the kind of things that we build a business on? So we we look at these things and we see trends. And so I've started to study this a little bit. And I found out that millennials aren't paying the freight for the church. And they probably won't. 25 years from now, that's going to have an effect. But here's what else I've discovered. I've, I've discovered that they're just not paying for the stuff the way we've paid for it. They see all the bricks and mortar and all the organization that gets paid into, and they're asking questions, why would we do that when people who are in need need money? And so in the hearts of the millennials is this love thing that's going on where they will actually give more than the average church person, but they just want it to go to the right things, to the things literally read about in the New Testament. And so... I, I'm not thinking this whole generation is, is hopeless. I, in fact, I really believe the world changes, and you you fill them with God's Word and the power of God's Spirit. You see that come alive in this next generation? I think we've got some wonderful things in front of us. And that's another whole sermon that was not in anything I wrote down here. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about these, these, these things that I shared with you earlier about about kids and and the problems they bring um i'm going to start with children are expensive number one children are expensive be wise with your resources and so i've got four or five things here that i want to talk about that we should be wise with number one is time we need to be wise with our time folks parents wise with our time we we have this conversation sometimes, is it quality or quantity? And, and the answer should be yes. You can't have quality if you don't have quantity. You, you're just not that good. And, and and there are things that you need to share with your children that you just, you won't have the opportunity unless you give them the quantity of time that you need to give them. And and, and I was thinking, I just wrote down some stuff. This happened this morning. I, I was just thinking about things that I've wanted to share with my kids through the years that we would have conversations about things I thought were pretty important. Um, I Just a bunch of bullet points here. You are not the center of the universe. The sun doesn't rise only on you. These are things I would, would want to impart to my kids. You can't always have everything you want. Some things don't turn out the way you want them to. Everyone doesn't have to walk the path that you walk. It takes time to do important things. Everyone that doesn't move at the same pace. You need to adjust and wait on somebody. Usually it me. <laughs> if you want to be at the top of the hill, get moving. How you lose matters. I had a couple of little big teams. I had to. You know that's where I learned that. How you win matters. I had to deal with that when our team played Buddy (laughs) Show (laughs) Walters. If you want to see new scenery, walk over the mountain and then there you can. Um, There are things I value. I I want my kids to know that I value and and have value. Uh, I just wrote down four things here that... It's all so random. Actually, five. Uh, great preaching inspires me. Corporate worship fills me up. It enriches me. Uh, I love just our time this morning, just this worship. By the way, I know some of you think our music's too loud. Thank you that for me. My, <laughs> hearing, my hearing's shop. and I tell them I don't want to feel it. You know, I can't hear it. I don't want to feel it. So that's what we're doing. Um, I. Uh, I love a, a dialectical method of critical thinking about things. It illuminates my mind. It, church with heart and mind is essential to me. Um, religion, not so much. Here's one: people who successfully did something have more credibility with me than people who didn't, even though they write and speak as if they did. You have a lot of that going on. You can go on YouTube and hear everybody talk about everything that should be, but I I get a lot more out of people who have actually done something. Um, There's a generation in the world today who's been lied to more than any other time in the history of the world. There's an entire generation who doesn't buy everything, doesn't believe everything. And uh, we've created that. The words of a trusted friend mean more to me than the words of a stranger, no matter how great they are. I, I, here's, this is tough for me because this has been a lifelong lesson. I wasn't made for myself. I had no ultimate joy or meaning in myself. I was made for relationships. And sin is always and ultimately tied to a broken, damaged relationship with God or with somebody else. Pride keeps me from asking for help. Yeah, I, I, These are things I want to share with my kids. and. and let them see and feel, and, and you can only do that with time. And number five is, and of know this, I say I'm sorry a lot. Um, you only get to have these times if you spend time together. Uh, here's another one. Uh, children are expensive. You need to be wise with your money. Invest in the big stuff. You know, I, we, God gives us money, and we didn't decide how we want to spend it. And, and so we choose and chose to spend money on our kids, on vacations that were as good as we could plan. Um, we, we had some incredible uh, vacations. We, um, we would spend uh, uh, time... Uh, making sure that we invested in things that we saw that they were good at and, and, and could benefit from. We, we, uh, we would buy musical instruments based on talent and who they were. And it, We've got four sets of drums. I mean, I don't know what to do with them. We, we, we could open up a drum store. We have keyboards everywhere in our house. And, and, and they belong to our kids. They don't have room for them in their house. And, and so, but... But we've invested in things and spent money on things that were important. We, we wouldn't just go take a cruise somewhere. We made everything an adventure. And we spent extra money to do that because, it, you know, it wasn't easy. We, we could have put the money into something else, into a, a retirement fund, or into something else that, you know, another truck, you know, I feel like I've never had enough trucks and whatever. But we've invested serious money into these special times with our children because we wanted to have some really deep relational conversations and uh, i you know um just just some ideas that that we did uh i took robert who who's just an incredible producer kind of kid and and, and not kid now he's 21 but but just you know musical musically inclined he, he just So I took him, I just took a trip to Hollywood one time to take him to Eastwood Scoring Studio, the place where they put music to movies. I wanted him to see how that all worked and how how the whole thing just developed and what an amazing time. And and we were able to talk about things and we never talked because I just tried to understand who he was and and build something around him. I tried to do that with every kid. We we sent uh, Rachel to uh, uh, Johnny Erickson Toto's camp one time because she just had a passion for helping children and being with kids. And what a great experiment for her. And, and we've just, we've really tried to, to put money into our children. Not overly. We're not trying to buy them things because it's fun. We, we invested because we saw who they were and where they needed to go. Uh, here's another cost energy. Having kids is tiring. If you want your rest, never have a child. (laughs) I promise you. And, you know, it's tougher on the moms earlier. I think it's tougher on the dads a little later. Fifteen years, I coached Lily, carrying those stupid big black bags all over everywhere. From field to field to field. Every day at four o'clock. And and it it was just long. Fifteen years of coaching baseball, because that is God's sport, and that's what God wants. to learn. First verse in the Bible, in the beginning. In the if you're laughing really loud, I know that you're newer here, because I've told this joke like 40 times. It's expensive in terms of focus. You know, there's, there's a, a way to be there and not be there. You know what I mean? Where the kids are talking, and you're kind of yeah, 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 but focus on kids it's expensive here's one that i didn't realize for the longest time and yet i see more and more and more having kids is risky what i mean by that is um there's no guarantee boy i hate to even say this but it's true there's no guarantee that they're going to turn out the way you want them to the roi on that i don't know what it is I think it's 100% when it comes to love. I don't know what the percentage is when it comes to to the return, how it, how it all turns out. Because you can do the same thing for this one, this one, this one, this one, and you don't get the same return. So you make an, an investment, and you may never see the return that you want. But it's high risk. I love what Helen Keller said. She said, security is the most it's mostly a superstition. It doesn't exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Man, isn't that true of the kids? You just you go for it and pray like crazy. So number one, children are expensive. Number two, children are unique. They're different. Now here's a verse that's been mistaught, and so I, I put it in here in the Amplified Version, because I really want you to, to get the heart of what this passage of Scripture means. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, every child is different. Every child is unique. Every child has gifts. And, and they're all different from other people's gifts. They have, they have ways of processing things, and it's all different. And some kids are speedy, and some are slow. Some are irritatingly uh, obnoxious at times. It's just, they're all over the map. We have four kids, all four of them are totally different. Totally. There's some things that are unique to sev- or that are, are alike with several of them but not a whole lot of things. And, and, and so I, I'm not going to embarrass our kids by calling these things out, because I've got some incredible stories about that, but I will tell you that um, they're all different. And we've had to study them and learn about them and find out what motivates them and you, you treat them differently because they are different. And, and so, you have to take time to study them and figure out who they are and that's what the scripture's is talking about they're talking about if you train up a child in the way that he's designed or she is created and you find those gifts and you you work on those things that's a job that means you have to pay attention you gotta you gotta know who they are and figure out what what sets them off and what gets them charged up and all that kind of stuff and i love this out of 1st Thessalonians 5. Paul said My friends, we beg you to warn anyone who isn't living right. In other words, what happens if they get off track? Listen to what he says. Encourage anyone who feels left out. You've got to pay attention to that as a parent. Help all who are weak. Not everybody's going to be strong. Not everybody's going to be like you, Dad. Not everybody's going to... You know, Some of them are going to be weaker in some areas. And that's okay. Paul says, be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. The idea is not to get them to look like you. The idea is to get them to look like Jesus, whoever they are, and however God's created them. Uh, here's one uh, Children are out of control. <laughs> children are out of control. So important that we learn this. The first thing that I put there is I must. Point my child's heart to God. You can't make baby Christian. I heard somebody say last night uh, that um, God doesn't have grandchildren. What, what that means is that he has children who follow him. And the next generation after that has to make that same decision. And the one after that, you don't inherit God. So, so parents, one of our jobs is to point our child's heart to God. The psalmist said in Psalm 51, I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. In other words, when you have that little baby and and that baby's born in the hospital, that baby is in great need of Jesus. Now, obviously, there's so much grace for a little child who doesn't have a a formed thinker, you know, a brain that's developed. And and so there's plenty of grace for for a child like that. Uh, But as the child gets older, that child needs Jesus. At some point, that child needs to say yes to Jesus. And they, they aren't a Christian because their parents are a Christian. They aren't a Christ follower because their parents are Christ followers. This is a decision that every child needs to make. <laughs> it's so funny. <clears throat> years and years ago, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know how this even happened because it hasn't happened since, but, but all of us were riding together in the church or trying to get in the car to go to church together one Sunday morning, and Ryan was back in the playroom, probably building Legos. That's all he ever did was he built stuff, and just that—that that was. we started learning things about him at a very young age. And we were late, we had to go, and, and I'm like, come on, gang, let's go. And Rachel, being who she is, she puts her hands on her hips and says, come on, Ryan, we have to go learn about God, let's get moving. <laughs> so funny, it? Yeah. And, and, and they did need to learn how <laughs> to So, so we, we as parents we have to do that. Here's another another key to that. I have to trade my goals for God's goals. We all have goals and aspirations. We have things we want to do, things we want to accomplish, you know. we've, we've got all oh, this destiny in our lives, and I truly believe that. But if any of those take the place of the plans that God has for us as parents, we're messing up, we've gone over the line. Those children need us. They need us to be in this. And, and training them and raising them and growing them and nurturing them and spending time with them is so much more important than me hitting all the points of the destiny that I feel like God was put, put in my life. There's a time when I have to give those things to God and realize that I need to give myself to my children. I need to put my focus where it needs to be. I need to trade my goals for God's goals. Number four, and finally, um, children are difficult. They're difficult. Children are difficult, therefore, number one, I need to build a foundation of love. I need to build, as a dad, as a parent, I need to build a foundation of love. I want to read this scripture, actually two passages of scripture, and I want you to see this from a child's view. In Psalm 26, verse 3, The psalmist wrote, I see your love, and I live by your truth. He says, God, I see how much you love me, and because you love me so much, I want to seek your truth. I want to live by your truth. Here's another one. This is is incredible. Psalm 86, verse 11. Lord, teach me what you want me to do. And I will live by your truth. Wouldn't you you love to hear that from your children? Teach me what you want me to do, and I will live by your truth. Teach me to respect you completely. Lord my God, I will praise you with all my heart. I will honor your name forever. Those are words that we would just long to hear. But I want you to catch the last line, because this is what motivates the child. This is what's motivating the psalmist you have great love for me. Moms and dads, you can can bomb out on a lot of things. But don't bomb out on love. Don't bomb out on loving your children. Because that love will cover a whole lot of your mistakes. That love will, will ride higher that all the things that you've looked at, that you would say, oh my gosh, I've done this wrong. I didn't quite do this. I didn't get this part right. Which leads me to the next thing that I want to share with you. The final thing today. Build a foundation of discipleship. Build a foundation of discipleship. And I, I want to just share the rest of this from the bottom of my heart because my story is in here too. And I'm going to kneel with you before God. Because this is everything. Love and righteousness. As a dad, there are times I'm Times I didn't do it right. Things I'd like to have <laughs> back. I'm, I'm a very type A, go crazy kind of person. I designed this ultimate vacation one time. We had to catch a plane. And we were running late. we're driving down the toll road. And I can't stand it when people pull up to the express lane and then realize they don't have a toll thing in the car. And it happened. And it was like 6 a.m. And I'm like, heck with this. And I barged around, went through <laughs> the whole thing, and we got there on time. And everybody was like, what happened wrong with that? I've lived a lot of my parenting like that moment where I just didn't do it right. I didn't always say the right things. I didn't I didn't always be the person I wanted to be. So I thought to close today. I'd like to read this because I want you to feel it too. I want you to sense it too. Psalm 101, Chapter 101. I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, especially in my own home, where I long to act like a. Whoa, that's where it all matters. I'm a granddad. Four kids, to be three grandkids, I'm expecting more. To say, I want to see them, my kids suffer like that. <laughs> but I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to be that man. I'm still trying to be that man to be that granddad, because it says over here a good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. I'm still trying. I don't get it all right. I'm guessing you don't either. Young people who are not parents—it's a bummer for you, <laughs> because you were born to people like me just don't have it all figured out yet, we're trying, but I'm looking for people who will say I love you, God, I will follow you. I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, especially in my own home, where I want to act God, we need some help here. We haven't done it all right, but we're still here, and I pray. And that we would run this race in such an incredible way that it would affect positively generation after generation after generation. Lord, I pray for young parents today who are struggling because they're not getting enough sleep, they don't have enough money, they don't have all the things that it seems so chaotic right now. I pray that they would take these truths and realize the power that they have simply by following after you. And I pray that you would strengthen them and guide them and be with them and challenge them and change them and help us all Lord. To I pray that the, as grandparents we would come alongside and support and love the parents of this congregation. And Lord that we would begin to to think about the children outside of our own realm, and we would begin to minister and have hearts that are, are are just so given to these kids. Lord, for those who feel like they've really messed up, I pray that today they would understand that they're still here and there's still time to do things. There's repair that can be made. And that their love and their desire to follow after you could change everything. I'd like you to just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. The, The most powerful component good parent is understanding what life is about, who's in charge, and what needs to happen. And the reality is that if it weren't for Christ and if it weren't for God's Word, I really wouldn't have a whole lot to share with anybody today because everything that I believe is wrapped around my faith. Christ but what a place to be what a hope what a what a picture of what the next generation should look like when we when we put Christ first in our lives and so you might be here today you might be a parent and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ maybe you're religious maybe you're not maybe you don't even know how you got here today but you're here and you know in your heart something needs to change I will challenge you to say what needs to change is the relationship to Christ you need to invite Christ into your heart and he will change your family you'll have the the same kids the same spouse uh, the same spirit uh, or, or, or parents but your whole orientation will be different when you invite Christ into your life and so if you want to do that I'm going to pray this prayer out loud, I want you to pray it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I want to hand you the controls of my life. I have lived on my own, by my own strength, my own power, I have ignored you. Maybe I didn't even know that this existed. I know I need a power that's greater than me. I need a spirit that is greater than me. I need, I need something inside of me. And I know today it's you. And so I give you my life. I ask you to come into my heart. And to change my world.